Hey, this is Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast, back now to get this podcast on a roll. And uh, I will not delay us going forward because I think we got to get as much time as we can for this cat coming on here. A lot of you probably know his name out there. Maybe you haven't been, maybe you haven't. If you hang out in a lot of the social insurance circles, you've definitely heard it. Um, but this guy is, uh, he's got his head down. He's got a lot of projects going on, but you know, you may or may not know it, but the, the industry is going to be changed by some of the ways that Aaron thinks. He's an insurance agent. His name is Aaron Walrick. He is out of, I cannot say the name of his town because I will butcher it. So I will just allow you to do it, but he's from Wisconsin and, uh, I'd just like to introduce Aaron. Uh, welcome to the, welcome to the podcast today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm from Shano. Shano. Shano, Wisconsin. It sounds so easy. If you live there, it is. But, you know, just out of respect for the Wisconsin people or the Wisconsin people, because I always get told <laughs> in Wisconsin, it's not Wisconsin, Jason, it's Wis. I'm like, hey, I'm not from here. But anyways, I love Wisconsin people, though. Fantastic. I used to live in Illinois, too. So, you know, <laughs> going on. That drives me crazy, you know, so it's the same thing. You're right. <laughs> All right. So, um, so Aaron, um, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us some um, uh, you know, just a little bit about, uh, you know, I always tell people, go back to high school or go back all the way to college and just fast forward us um, uh, to where you are now and and to uh, to uh, a little bit about what you're trying to do. Absolutely. I'm, I'm in a family agency, fourth generation, in a town of about 8,000 people. Um, you know, we're, we're about 70% personal lines, 30% commercial lines. And we, um, you know, from the time I started here, technology has been, you know, a very, very important thing to insurance agents. And one of the things that sets us apart a little bit from other agencies is that we have a homegrown management system. We don't use a vendor product out there. And so uh, we're pretty proud of that. It, it serves our needs very well. And I've been here for about 15 years now selling insurance. And I really enjoy doing it. There's nothing else I'd rather do. It is enjoyable, isn't it? Yes. Talking to people all day long and yeah, some of them have problems and you help them through them. That's about you it. Help them through them and, you know, coming up with, uh, just, yeah, just, just helping people. But you know, you have so many products and so many different things at your disposal. You can help them in so many ways. So yeah. I think you like that. Let's jump right back to what you just said here. So, um, once again, see, this is just one of the things is why he's a weird and amazing person. Tell us about the agency. I don't know if I've talked to an agency yet that has a homegrown agency management system. Tell us how this came about and why. Well, I studied uh, technology, so um, you know, I we had we had, I think at the time we had a Gina, and uh, then we progressed. So Gina got a little expensive for our tastes, and they weren't really uh, innovating. So we went to this thing called Doris, which is a very simple, very very easy to use product and so we used that for three or four years and I started looking out there and this is 2003 2004 I started looking for like a web-based management system because I wanted to be able to have you know to be able to work from home things all the things that we can do now I wanted to do that back in 2003 Wow yeah so and now you know we can do all that but there was like one web-based management system and it was next year I think and they were very expensive and very, it was a very finicky management. Now it's probably pretty amazing. I haven't checked in on it, but um, so what I we had was a, I had built a little product that tracked our quotes because I, I said you know we take these quotes and some of them we don't write and it's like all this information we're just throwing in the trash can. So I built this kind of prospector cross sell tool or 
XState tool. And I said, I can turn this into a management system. And so naively, I started on this project. And this is, I didn't have kids at the time, so I had a lot of time on my hands. And there, there were a few barriers, a few walls. Um, but, it, you know, every so often I'd overcome those barriers, like the AL3 uh, standard and things like that. I'd have to work uh, the Accord forms. And uh, it became a very useful tool. Um, I, I learned how to deal with users and 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 bugs and 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 so can, it, you you can get real time in it it downloads from the companies works connects with ivans yeah it does not do real time um and and we we don't have a lot of insurance companies that we represent um so that's not really a huge problem i love real time is okay. a very cool thing but i inquired about you know accessing that portion of um, I believe Ivan's and it, it was prohibitive. It was you know, like $20,000 a year and I, I'm not going to sell it to other agents, you know, at, at the right. time or anything. So I just said, ah, we're going to pass on that for now. Um, but that, you know, there's that barrier to entry, which is the huge problem back in those days and still is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little easier today, but yeah. I, okay. So, wow. So, and you guys still use that management system today. How big is your agency? Tell me, I mean, like, uh, 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 personnel wise. Personnel, we have, uh, four agents, one of whom is my dad and he's the commercial agent. Um, and we have two CSRs and, um, you, you know, it's staff wise. We're very happy. We've been, not had any problems We're and I'm not sure, you know, I talk to other agents all the time and that seems to be a big deal, you know, hiring the right people. And we've always, been very lucky there and they've always been very into learning technology stuff because they had to. <laughs> so. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Um, you know, that, that's just, that, that's, that's interesting. So keep in mind, if anybody else out there, if you have used your own management system that you had created and no one else has it, I'd love for you to tell me that, Jason at growprogram.com. Be sure to reach out to me and let me know. I, I would love to hear about that. Um, all right, so Aaron, you and I, uh, Aaron, you had reached out to me. Um, uh, you know, first of all, you and I know each other through all of our social circles of Facebook, the Google Plus, LinkedIn, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, that's how we kind of found each other. Um, and, and then I've been kind of following you and you following me and you're creating something right now that we don't have to talk about. That wasn't our plan. Um, unless you would want to, cause I have no problem. Um, but you, you called me and he's creating a product. Um, and when we were creating, when we were going, he wanted me to look at that product. And when I was looking at that product and giving him my feedback, which I got to tell you was a really, really nice system, something that he's creating. We started talking about some other things that were kind of wild and kind of different out there, and and it was it was it was talking about not so much the tools that we're creating, but also what is is the agent going to be able to make the change to the future? Is is the agent um, of the future? What's it going to look like? How what's our industry going to look like as far as numbers? Will we still all be here? Will half of us be gone? And one of the things that you brought up, Aaron, that I really, really want to start with here is you said to me sometimes, Jason, I don't know, or I, it's not that they won't know, will they have or will they do what it takes to transform ourselves inside this industry? Remember that? Yes. Tell me a little bit more about that. What were your thoughts? Well, uh, let's start with leads for instance when you get online leads whether it be from 
insurance.com or from Project Cap or from your own efforts on your website with a portal, uh, you have to be you have to jump on those things. And I only know this through through experience that if you let them sit for 10, 15, 20 minutes and you call them back, they will literally tell you, no, I just bought a policy with State Farm. I just bought a policy with Geico. Um, uh, or they'll give you the runaround and you can talk to them, you know, back and forth for a couple of days. But the leads get stale really fast. And sometimes that means you have to be on the ball maybe at six at night or maybe you have to work extra hours. And we don't have technology that can deal with that right now. So we have to be, we have, to, I mean, that's our value in this whole process is writing business and talking to customers and being on their level. And some of these customers level is sophisticated. It's, you know, they want it now. And there are, tell, let me tell you, there are companies out there in Silicon Valley and elsewhere uh, that are going to give it to them now. And so agents just, I'm not, I, I really want to be optimistic about it, but the agents I talk to, uh, I don't know if it's naivete, but it's, uh, they got to get with it. They got to get with it. And, and I guess you don't see a lot of articles in, in the magazines about, you know, how, how you have to change your sales process to be able to meet some of these needs. Yes. Yes. And you know, you use the word change. Um, you know, sometimes I talk to so many people, um, listeners out there, forgive me if you've heard me say this a lot of times, but Daniel Burris said back in a, a podcast that we actually had in July of last year, about a year mm-hmm. ago, he said, you, if you try to change your agency, you'll only get further behind because it's almost so much of a, it's not a change. It's a transformation into the way things are done. That's kind of what you're saying here, Aaron. I mean, it's, you can change and, an agent, so I guess, you know, it's kind of like this. An agent just thinks that if he goes out there and gets e-signatures, that he's now doing what he's supposed to be doing. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that, very that's, small part. <laughs> that's a little change, but that's not transformation to what this consumer is seeing. And so, Aaron, how long have you been, um, you know, getting leads, actually marketing internet, people on the internet and getting and getting those leads or online? Well, I would say we've had a web form on our website since 2001. Um, you know, with a little CGI form and it would send you an email and, it, and some agents still have that. And, you know, if people are not worried about putting their information in a secure form and that, that still works. Uh, and I think it's very effective for commercial insurance sometimes. But um, we've been we've been really focusing on it for five years now. Okay. And and over I mean, over time, how has that went? Was that very successful for you? No, we've had some great failures in that area, but uh, knowing that it's so important and uh, just pounding it that, you know, if we're not, if we, and we spent money that other agencies haven't, obviously we got our own management system, things like that. But these are things that I hope will be on the, the upper end when, when it all comes down and any investment we make now will, will present itself later. Um, you know, so, so we've had some great failures we've tried some things we've gotten some cease and desist letters and uh you know you just you just do what you got to do and you get out there and and a lot of it is you know the success the successful areas that you can point to are the areas where you legitimately have worked hard you know not you know not using the wrong keyword on adwords and not not making a geicoinsurance.com website um, but you're legitimately doing what you do every day on the internet. And that's what people, I think, respond to. And that's where the success is going to go. So to the, so more of a, so more of a social setting, a real conversation going is what you're talking about. Not you just going out there gaming the system. Right. Exactly. Gaming the system. I know a lot of people that try to do it and it just, uh, 
you know, well, I was at an AdWords seminar three years ago, and there was a company there sitting next to me. They gamed the system, and I don't know if it was Penguin or what. It hit them hard. They had 50 employees in Green Bay, and it just went to nothing. No leads, nothing. Yep. And so they were there trying to figure out how to do it right, which is awesome. That's um, but, exactly right. But an amazing, amazing, for me, a very timely lesson in that just do it right. Just do it right. Put the work in, and, and you will reap your rewards later. That's right, and I think you're seeing that a lot more with Google today. I mean, it's not so much. Uh, so listening to Ryan the and Ryan Hanley the other day, and he was like, "I can't, I can't stress enough. It's not now about content; it's about good content." Um, and I didn't hear him say this, but I heard a guy say, "If you wrote a blog every day, or if you literally wrote four, four blogs for the whole year, those four blogs would get you more Google juice slash Google authority." than any of those other hundred right now at the way that that Google's trying to look at content and the way that it needs to be created. Thoughts yeah, and I, yeah, I've had a blog, you know, I had a blog for five years and I just, I ended it because it was, you, you felt like you had to write something and it, and it, and then you'd write something and it might not have been great or you just post a picture or something and yeah, it's about good content and that's really, really what wins people out. I mean, I've only had mild success with the blog and I, you know, like it was usually like, I'll, I'll be honest, 30 or 40 people would read each blog entry. And then one time I blogged something about SafeLight. And I got like 5,000 hits the next day. And SafeLight's uh, VP of sales is calling me saying, well, what do you mean? You know, <laughs> it was fun. But, you know, you got to, yeah, you got to really study it and, or hire someone that, you know, a copywriter or something. I know many copywriters and they're very proud of their their wordsmithing and, you know, they're good at what they do. Yeah. And you know, in, in writing a blog article is not like writing, writing a blog is not right, like writing an article, I should say, because there's a different way that the reader is reading that to gather information quickly and is skimming through it. So what you said is very important there, Aaron, is, is a lot of times, I mean, people just aren't good writers. And even if they are good writers, they can't find the time to write. It's just best to get somebody else to, to help you. And then you you take it and you look it over and edit it and correct it the way that you want and have them do it. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing I want you. I want the listeners to think about, though, Aaron, in talking about all this stuff, when we're talking about being online and getting leads online, when we're talking about um, going out there and blogging and the way the correct blog platform to do it. And if you're going to go out there and market yourself or even do business online, you got to do it the right way. You know, a company who had invested a lot of their money, maybe in Green Bay, 50 employees literally by a change that 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 uh, that Google did could have put them out of business. The fact that a lot of agents don't have e-signatures out there. The fact is, is that agents are still spending, according to a report from last year, from the agency report put on through the big eye, that the number one place they're spending their most money is still on yellow pages. There yeah. are most, um, you know, 30, uh, 30 maybe 40% of them still don't have a website. And if they do, the majority of them have been static. The fact that, that we're still sending mail out and direct mail pieces, and that's the way we're trying to correspond. The fact that we're against being on social platforms because it makes us look un more uh, not as professional. Because we don't want to use text communication for urgent, valuable things in the agencies to our clients because we think that that will clutter them up. The, fa the fact that we think that we need to sit across the table from someone and have a conversation with them or that's not a true, real, loyal client. My question that's insane. To you, my question to you is, Aaron, is that the things that you're saying 
that you don't know if they'll be able to do and not do in order to make that change to survive? Well, look, I mean, I, I understand, you know, agents have had to put up with so much change over the last 40 years. Uh, and we have been rising to the occasion, you know, when download first came out or when management systems first came out. My dad spent, I don't know how much on their first computer here. And it, we have we have rose to the occasion several times, and I don't know if it's just because some of us are just super tired or what, but all the things you just listed are so important. I, I laughed at all of them. There, you have to do this stuff, and I and I get it. You know, when I'm when I'm 20 years older, I'm probably going to be you know looking at some of the stuff coming out. You know, where where people's phones are in their ears or in their head, and I'll be like, I don't I don't think I want to do that, but. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's how they market in the future. I don't know. Google Glass. Everybody will be wearing. You're right, though. I know what you mean. <laughs> so, so I think that I, I can understand how it's hard, and I can understand why agents are. are you know, how about how long did we get pounded with real time? You know, and you know, it's important, but it's only important if I mean, I mean, if agents are out there still making tons of money and still growing by 10, 15, 20 percent a year or whatever. And they're doing it the old way. That you know, power to them, I guess. But you got to worry too about you know what you're building, and is it going to be something you can retire with and sell it or transfer it? And for a guy like a young guy, like I was coming into the agency, it's a lot easier when you got a head start. Yep. And let me tell you another thing. You know, the other thing here. Here, here's one change that the agencies have to be able to make. And I was just sitting here thinking this right now. The one change that the agency has got to make, I want everybody out there to listen because this, this is, you guys are going to think I'm crazy and this is actually the truth. In five years, probably no more than 10 at the max. And I think probably because we don't understand it is changing, technology is changing so fast it's ridiculous. There's things being worked on right now that are almost finished that are going to blow people's minds in the way of technology. But for you to be able to, for 80% of the questions that come into your office, if you have to tell your client that you're going to call them back, you're not going to make it. No, that's... Um, am I right about... Do you know what I mean by that, Aaron? Am I right about that or am I wrong? Uh, well, you know, there's some bigger issues where you, you a call back. You know, I always, I always used to think that calling someone on a quote right away was almost bad. It was like you didn't put any effort or time into it because they didn't realize uh, what a comparative rater was and things like that. So I would wait. But I think we're past that. We're past it. We're right to the point where people want an answer. They want it now. And if you got to take a half a day to get back to them, that's insane. I agree. I agree. And, and, and yeah, and half a day and stuff. And, and you mentioned one thing. That's why I said 80% not everything. Quoting is the exception. Someone wants you to, you know, actually try and get them something, make sure that the the, the coverages fit their specific um, you know type and stuff like that I, I I agree with that but if I call you because I need an ID card I think the fact that you told me that you'll get it to me within 24 hours or something is something that's probably outdated today but the fact that I had to call you to get my ID card puts you out of the ball game for the future consumer absolutely and I and I think most of our companies now have an app you can download on your iPhone or your Android and there it is. And it works great, and unfortunately, I've had to use it. And the, any money that the insurance company put into that was excellent. I mean, so again, another case of the companies trying to help the agent, trying mm -hmm. to make that change. 
Yep. Um, I think there's a lot of other things that can be done better as opposed to why don't you create an agency app with APIs into the management system to where, you know, if you decide to change them from Safeco to Travelers overnight, if it downloads into their management system, boom, their app now shows there with Travelers or something and probably shouldn't be using uh, companies. My apologies to the listeners out there, but I did Safeco and Travelers. There you go. Which two, by the way, are great carriers. But I, I, I want to... So that's what I mean by that. And, and I mean by, you know, are, are, are the agents going to be able to do it? Because we're going to need to take the same process we're doing today, and maybe not even the same process, but we're still dealing with a, cons- a customer who wants to know what their, what their comp deductible is at, at uh, you know, 7 in the evening. They want to know where their mm-hmm. ID card is, and they need it right now because the cop actually has, is standing right outside of their vehicle door. Um, and, and we've got a lot of different requests that are being made that need to be made instantly to where we, we have to allow that to happen. And, and here's the thing I want to turn this, and, I, and listeners listen to this because this is a great thing from, from, from Aaron. This will kind of stretch your mind. If the agent's not willing to do that and the companies are saying to them, okay, we know one thing. The companies and us are a partnership that must be there. The, the relationship and the retention and, and business staying on the books the longest is based off relationship. And that's what the companies have to have. They can provide great coverages and great price, but they've got to have us for that relationship. Tell me about a way that the companies would do everything. The agent would just have to sell it and he'd still get paid. Ah, oh, the, scary, the scary door. Yes. The scary door. The scary. Well, think about it. Okay, so two companies in the last four months have have posed the question to me. Well, what if we just provided you all the leads? I mean, you know, we'll pay for them and we'll send them your way, and you handle them in a timely manner. And then you go, you go ahead and sell that, and then we'll go ahead and service it with our service center after that. And you know, we'll we'll help with the claims. We'll give them an app, you know, on their phone, and you know, and at some point, you, you honestly, you look at them and you say, well, what do you what do you need me for? And I think that's the real question. And if you're an agent that's not doing any of the techie stuff, not on the social media, then what are you really providing? Yes. And so, uh, okay, so what if the companies started sending me leads? Great, excellent, awesome. You know, uh, are they still going to give me co-op dollars so I can do it on my own? Because I really, I really think the leads that I can get are more valuable than the, I've never gotten a lead from. Uh, I used to use Insure Me. I don't think they're around anymore. Um, you know, different different lead sources. I've never gotten one that's as valuable as the kind that I can generate myself. It's yeah. I, yeah. I put way too much work into it, and maybe I'm being a bit prideful, but uh, I don't I, think so. I, I think you're exactly right. And, and and to any listener out there to to help you know, has there been any? I mean, where do you get your better relationships? When the ones that you're out there meeting and creating yourself, or someone just calling in out of the phone book? It's the same thing. Absolutely. It's the same exact thing. So, I mean, of course you want to get your own. But the fact that the company would be willing to do it, um, and I think also, though, Aaron, it's a lot of agents out there who are getting, you know, it makes you you feel a little weird. You're like, whoa, I don't want that. I need to have some control. And I'm not saying you're not right. I think you do. But I also think that agents just think they sell and then they're done and don't have to do anything. I mean, you still have to be doing the things to create the relationships. You need to be writing the blogs to answering the questions about whether they need rental car insurance or not. You still need to be doing the type of things that are going to still show you as a value inside of the mind or the companies, as you just said, Aaron, 
then the companies don't need you at all. It's like, well, what do we have you for? I mean, we can end up selling it ourselves, but it's that relationship is what they're really paying you that commission for. That's really Absolutely. what they're doing. Yeah, they, you know, they, I can see them, you know, starting, starting this tomorrow and agent, I mean, progressive does it, you know, they, they send you leads if you, if you are a good boy and you, you know, and you do your work and you, you tell them what happened with that lead, they'll send you more leads. And I think that's, that's a way for you to, to demonstrate that you're on board with, with this whole new world that's happening and other right. companies are going to start to do it because they see it happening and you know, I just, you know, if there's a, they're going to spend more money. Let's just put it that way. I know that um, a lot of these lead generators send send their leads over to State Farm and Nationwide and uh, Geico because they're willing to spend upwards of $150 per, per lead. And agents need to start asking themselves how much are they willing to pay per lead. Yep. And I don't think it's $150. Because we don't run our, because we run our businesses like an agency or we run our agency, um, yeah, we run our business like an agency and we're not running our agency like a business. And why is Geico willing to spend $150 to do that? They're obviously making profit off of it or they wouldn't do it because they couldn't continue to do it that way. Yeah. And so whenever we have, um, there's, there's a project cap, they came out with, uh, with their, with their portal and they said that their rough cost would be $15 a lead. And everybody just went crazy. It was like, Oh, that's just highway robbery. Why would you do that? Well, why would I do that? Okay, if they send me 10 clients, um, that means that I owe them $150. Well, if they send me 10 clients and I'm the most worthless agent ever, uh, or if they send me 10, excuse me, prospects, and I'm the worst agent ever out there and I have a 20% closing ratio, well, that tells me right there I'm at least going to get two of the clients. I do know at least, it depends on where you live, if the commission's an average of 200 to $500 for that auto and home, do the math. I mean, yeah. You're, you're making money. I mean, we, but you know what, Aaron, we, we don't run our businesses like an agency or we run our business. Excuse me. I keep getting that correct. We, we're running our business like an agency and not like a business because these other companies and other agencies that are growing exponentially and creating their own leads, um, they, they understand that. And, and, oh man, yeah, you, you've got me fired up on something. There well, comes and here's the powerful thing about that. One of the things that you know, you talk about the future of the insurance agent, you know, and, and I'm in a small town. Okay, so I've always been hammered, I think, you know, uh, you know, if there are more auto claims in a city, I have, you know, my clients pay the rate, things like that. And in this new world, I, what I do is I just ask my, my product people, you know, where are your good rates? Where, are you, where did you not take an increase? Where did you do a decrease? Where are you profitable? And that's where I target my advertising. Because yeah. people, people, you're always going to have people in your town that want to buy from you because of that tight relationship. You're in Rotary, you're in whatever. But there are the young folks. If you're responsive and you're, you got to be better than Geico, then they will buy from you. And I'm going to target those areas where my my carriers are targeting. You know, I, I don't want to just be the lucky agent that's sitting there. Right. Yes. Yes. I, I think that's huge. It's very, very, very huge. Very, very, very huge. And. And, and, and man, there's so many things we've talked about today, Aaron, that I could have went off like each way there and it would have been, uh, uh, so what are you, Aaron? Are you an, uh, are you a iPhone or a droid user? Am I, well, I'm an iPhone user. That's why you're getting the amazing call quality right now. Yeah, oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> now, now, 
Now, I mean, for a guy who loves open source, I mean, I know. you know, I know, I'm just giving you a hard time on that. Good no, point. It, That's a very good point. <laughs> um, but what, so, so what does, uh, um, what's a, what's a cool app you've downloaded lately? Well, I just downloaded, uh, Minecraft for my kid and they love that. And, uh, <laughs> it's a good app. I mean, that's, you know, what did it get? Uh, no, 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 um. I'm always buying weather apps. I'm like a fiend about weather apps. I got like 10 of them. Really? I almost hit a tornado in Iowa the other day, so I was glad I had them. Really? So what, what's the difference between the, the apps the, that you like? I mean, what would be a difference between a weather app? Don't they all show the, the radar a, and the temperature? I want a high-quality, fast-loading app, and I guess the latest one I got was the NOAA. The NOAA Reader is a pretty good app, and I think I paid maybe two ninety nine for it, but I think it's excellent. Wow. Um, so it's better than the Weather Channel app. Oh, that ah, they change it so much. There was actually a guy used to be Atlanta Insurance Live, and I think he started Chris Jordan. Yeah, he used to do. He's doing web work. I think he had a hand in that app. Oh, really? So great app. It is a good app, but it, I I want a radar. That's all I care about. Yeah, yeah. And I want a good radar app. So you know that was the latest one I downloaded. And Chris uh, Jordan. Well, then there's one called Draft from Thirty Seven Signals, and it's cool for just like wireframing and outlining things really quick so okay that's what i got and um and are you a reader yeah what are you reading right now i'm reading never eat alone never eat alone what's that about oh actually someone just told me about this book uh, a couple weeks ago tell them yeah i know what this is Keith Ferraz, it's it's basically, I mean, about using your time, you know, valuably and, and all the relationships you could be building. And, uh, you know, I was sitting at Starbucks the other day and I was noticing how everybody just sat by themselves and kind of like huddled over their like iPads. And it's like, you know, why don't you invite, you know, it, this guy is inviting these insane people to go out to dinner with him and um, and they accept, you know, it's, it's just, a, it's just, a, it's about relationships. Yep. That's what I, 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 I had a guy telling me about this book. It looked really, I'm going to have to get that book. Since I read like four books at a, you don't like, you got a Kindle. Yep. I mean, it's like, oh, I'm going to jump to this book or now I'm going to read movable feast just because I'm in the mood for that. And, right. but I'm, yeah, I'm a business book reader and my wife just kind of rolls her eyes and. Right. Yeah. So we do. That's why we're geeks. That's why we're geeks. Totally. So. So yeah, okay. So I'll go ahead. We'll wrap this up. But Aaron, there's just a, you know, there's a lot of different things that that I just, I don't know, man. I mean, I think you're with, I think I kind of heard it in your voice is what I'm trying to say earlier in the podcast. You know, we we talk about these things that need to happen in so many ways that like. It's, you know, people almost take it as being negative or being pessimistic about this because, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I, I say it all the time. I am the Paul Revere of the digital age. I really am. I am telling you that change and transformation is coming. You've got to get prepared. But here's the thing that's great. It's not a pessimist. That you could have said that was a negative, uh, um, a, a, ne a negative message. But really, it wasn't because what he was telling was telling you that yeah, there was something negative coming. As far as not being negative, it was it was a it was something different than what they wanted, and they fought for it and they got it. 
and now we have America. I know yeah. that just seems long and drawn out there, but I do say I'm the, I'm the digital Paul Revere because I'm trying to tell you that change is needed. Transformation is needed in your agency. People say all the time, what's the ROI of me doing this transformation? It's that you will, your business will be around in five to seven years. That's your ROI. And, and, and so that's what we're talking about here, Aaron. And that's, it's, you know, I heard you say it earlier. You're like, well, you know, I'm trying to be, you know, optimistic about it, about it. I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but that's what people say to me too. But like, I'm literally looking at some of these agents straight in their eyes and I'm thinking you're already out of business and you don't even know it. You're just waiting for the renewals to, to run out. Yeah. And it's really sad. I, I just, Rick Morgan just posted something on LinkedIn about uh, agents need to get with social media. And I, I look at it, I'm like, really? <laughs> it's like for four or five years now, agents have had to get with social media and they're still not. And mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't mean you have to sit on there every day and, and put your CSR on it and she could be doing other things or he or whatever. But uh, boy, I mean, there's a lot of agencies that I go to Google Plus and it's like the, the holding page. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like... All right, guys. All right. It is, and you know, it's. And here's another thing. And for the listeners, I want you to think about this. Sometimes when you don't put the urgency on social media, I was thinking about this the other way, day, Aaron, and the fact that, like, whenever they came out with the fax machine, I mean, I mean, roughly when was that? I mean, when when was that? Is that was in the before my time? I don't was know. in the eighties, late seventies, something like that. Okay, yeah. whatever they did, all you out there laughing because I don't know what it, it's okay. Um, so. They came out with the fax machine, and there was a ton of people who put up a fight against that. But it was like a long time before they actually came up with the email. So let's just say they came up with the fax machine in 1980, and they came up with email in 1995. So the people that were out there against the fax machine, they're like, oh, that's stupid. I'll never have it in my agency, blah, 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 blah. You know, and then after like six or seven or eight or nine or ten years or through a couple ownership changes, they finally got the fax machine, you know. But it was the fact that I was never going to have that technology. And then all of a sudden came along this email and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, that's terrible. (laughs) That's just used for whatever, games or people who aren't professional or whatever. And then they were against it for a long time and then finally they adopted it like seven to ten years later. Well, that's kind of how they are when it comes to social media or when it comes to doing email marketing or whatever. But here's the difference. The difference is the consumer's changing and the new product's coming out in a month or two. It's not It's not coming out in 1980 and then they're going to give you 10 to 15 years to get accustomed to maybe wanting to use it. No, it's already here. I hear a lot of agents a lot. They're like, well, what we want to do is we want to get a digital newsletter. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying newsletters are wrong, but guys, that's like so like 2003, 2005, you know? I mean, today, I'm encouraging my clients not to use newsletters on the growth side. I'm encouraging them not to use newsletters. We're taking that information and we're still sending it out, but we're giving it to the way the consumer wants in their different, um, in the different audiences you've created through your social and digital channels. And so, like... Just like you said, I mean, for people to sit here and go, you got to take social media seriously, I am sitting there saying the same thing to you. I'm like, I've been saying that since 2011. If you're not taking it seriously now. Now, there are some people really erring out there that are, um, you know, I was, I was talking to this guy the other day. He was, I think he was in his early 30s. 
His dad had been running the agency. He finally joined his dad. He was learning the business for a year or two. And finally, he got into the marketing side helping um, his mom and dad's agency. And he was just now going, he said to me, man, I need to start taking this social media seriously. <laughs> well, it had just come to light to him. You know what I mean? It just had, yeah. it had just been put in front of him to, for him to experience that. But there's a lot of you out there that are sitting there saying, ah, I don't need to do that. Eh, I don't need to do that. The first time you said you didn't need to do that two or three years ago, you're right. You didn't need to do that then because, or you needed to do it now because if you would have done it then, you would have been successful, but you wouldn't be doing it now because it's probably morphed or transformed into something else. I'm going to leave that to you, Aaron, I'm kind of on a, on a closing thought as to, you know, what is, how is that going to, how's that going to look? I mean, what do agents need to do? What do they need to be thinking about? Why do they need to take this seriously? How do they need to be looking at it? I, I'm leaving it wide open to you, Aaron, but close well, us out and take us home. Have you ever had a, one of them days where you, 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 you did 10 quotes and you didn't sell a freaking one of them? And yeah. well, I think all it takes is an agent to sell one piece of business that they got on Facebook and you're hooked. Yeah. You realize, I mean, that guy Very standing true. back in the 70s and seeing a piece of paper come out of a machine and being like, what? A, it's like, it was like the telegraph moment. I think anyone that can look at that and, and, and not be amazed is crazy. And I think I get social media. I think it's overplayed. I have these crazy friends that do not want to get on Facebook. And now it's almost a game for them. Like, oh, I'm not on Facebook. I wouldn't know about that. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like, well, good for you. It's like a badge of honor. You're not on Facebook. And then you talk to everybody else about the, the post and they're like left out. But, and I think that's all it is. As an agent, you want, you're, you're a seller. You want to feel some, you know, some gratification from that sale. And I think the, the first time you experience that on Facebook, uh, that, that you'll be hooked. That is true. Or the first time that someone, or the first one or two people that tell you that they read one of your blog posts. Yeah, that's You awesome. will be a blog writer, you know? Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. That, that is a very good point. So what Aaron's saying is, is you got to at least try something. I get it all the time. Well, do I need to be on all the social sites? No, you don't. Find one that you're comfortable with and use it. Don't try and use one that you think your audience is going to use the most. I mean, I'm not against that, but I'm saying for you very beginners... You need to use a platform that you feel comfortable with. So if you think LinkedIn's it, then use LinkedIn. If you think Facebook's it, then use that. Because if you don't, once again, what's in the real world works just in the virtual world. People will sense that you're not comfortable on it. So make sure you're comfortable on it. Get to know it. Get out there. Start creating some little feelers, some little conversations. Start listening. And uh, I think there will be some amazing things that you're going to be able to find. So... Aaron, yeah. I appreciate you um, taking your time. Uh, thank you for being weird. Thank you for being amazing. <laughs> Aaron, how can they find you if they want to reach out to you? Uh, just go to AaronWalrich.com. It's A-A-R-O-N-W-A-L-L-R-I-C-H. Yep, Aaron Walrich. It's all on there. It's all on there. And if you want to call him and you want to ask him, if you got some tech thing that you want done, you're like, hey, I want this piece of software built. No, he doesn't have time to do it. So anyways, um, hey, Aaron, I appreciate it. Uh, this, um, uh, I think that you, you gave a couple little thoughts that I think uh, is pretty good. I love the one about, uh, I've got my here on my notes, bind it from the armchair. That was something we never got to, did we? Oh we really man! Never got to that, and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to bring you back for that. Cause Maybe that next time. It's an interesting concept. It was a way that you could write and bind insurance from sitting in your sofa, 
you doing nothing or in your armchair. So anyways, Aaron, appreciate your time uh, and you've been great to have on. And thank you for listening once again to Agents Influence Podcast, um, a completely free podcast brought to you by Grow Program. Please visit us at growprogram.com where we will, it is a community of agents who are all learning together so that we can advance our agencies in this industry just as Aaron and I were talking about. So if you hear the Paul Revere, if you hear me or you hear something that Aaron would say, this is the community you want to go to and we can start sharing uh, information, sharing tactics, sharing ideas, and we can move this industry, the greatest industry God ever created, the insurance industry forward. This has been Jason Cass of Agents Influence Podcast and I am out.